it's really truly amazing how flexible and how versatile the specialty is. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Radiology Report podcast, where we are having conversations with the leaders transforming radiology today. You can find us on radiologyreportpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Daniel Arnold. Today, we are joined by Dr. Arthi Saravanan. Dr. Saravanan is a practicing breast imaging radiologist and associate chief medical officer for recruitment at Radiology Partners the largest physician-led and physician-owned radiology practice in the United States. She received her medical degree from Indiana University School of Medicine, Indianapolis, completed her residency in radiology at Providence Hospital in Southfield, Michigan, and Altman Mercy Hospital Northeast Ohio Medical Center in Canton, Ohio. She completed her fellowship in breast imaging at the University Health Network at the University of Toronto, Ontario, and she joined Rad Partners in 2019. Dr. Arthi Saravanan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Daniel. Absolutely my pleasure. We are delighted to have you on the show and would love to get into everything about radiology partners and and your role and and your rise within the organization. And there's so many awesome topics to hit, but would love to first start with your background and just tell us where'd you grow up and, and how did you find your way to radiology? Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up mostly in Toronto in Canada. That's home for me. Um, All of school and college was up in Toronto in the cold. Um, And then I decided to move down to the U.S. for medical school. So as you said, I was in Indiana for med school, did most of my training in the Midwest and uh, went back to Toronto for my fellowship in breast imaging to be close to family for the year and realized that it was just way too cold for me. And uh, my I, I just did not like the aspect of bundling my kids up and putting them in car seats day in and day out for six, seven months in the year. So I decided to move from the freezer to the frying pan and came down to Texas. So um, made Austin my home and it's been my home for about five and a half years now. Austin Radiological Association is the practice that I chose to join when I first came out of fellowship in 2017, at which point um, ARA decided to uh, join and I had the absolute privilege to join RP in 2019 as well. So that's kind of where I have been and what brings me in today. Amazing. And uh, it's really not nice to rub it in my face, the warm weather you have. <laughs> I don't know if you can see out my window right now, but we got a, a fresh dusting of snow here in Utah uh, this past evening. So cold here, covered in snow. Austin sounds really nice. What drew you to the ARA practice initially, like what was the scope of of work um, in the practice as a breast imager? What what were you up to? Yeah. So, you know, when I was uh, looking to interview, I interviewed in many different places and many different positions because really I didn't feel restricted towards one particular city or region. So I did interview pretty far and wide and interviewed in a lot of RP practices and also outside RP practices and uh, both academic and private practice as well. So uh, pretty much got a good scope of how the interview process works, being kind of from the candidate side, which I like to think is not that far uh, back, you know, just a little over five years. What drew me to ARA was how stable the group was, you know, been in the city, been in the community for more than 50 years and has been the kind of dominant imaging service provider for the central Texas area for 50 plus years and really had a very good name, still has a very good name in the community, uh, very well respected by referring doctors and the patient population as well. So that's what drew me to Austin and ARA initially was how stable the group 
had been and still continues to be. Also, the city itself, you know, Austin, fastest growing city, you know, always rated kind of in the top five cities to live in in the United States and uh, has really proven to be a, a wonderful place. You know, lots of young professionals here. It's really up and coming. Lots of people coming in from California and all over the place. And it's been really an awesome city, you know, lots of stuff to do outdoor hiking, uh, hill country views, all that. I like the lake life. So I've enjoyed it so far. Amazing. And so you get into the practice. How many breast imagers were there in in the group? What was the Uh, like? ARA itself is a pretty large uh, group. So when I joined, there were right about 100 or so radiologists. We have about 125 now. So definitely growing as, as is most practices across the country. When I joined, there were probably about seven or eight breast imagers within the section, you know, all fellowship trained and ARA has fellowship trained radiologists in every section and we practice all subspecialties. So pretty wide range of expertise all across the practice. And it has been great because that's, you know, what serves us to lead to servicing the referring population and the patients. So, um, you know, when I joined, that was the case. It was a very stable group, really practiced a full range and full work variety of breast imaging. So um, all the way from screening mammography to diagnostic mammograms to all procedures, ultrasound biopsies, stereo biopsies, breast MRIs, doing preoperative needle localizations, pretty much the full gamut of breast imaging, just as you would see uh, in an academic setting is what we did within the private practice setting. In addition to tumor boards, consulting with the referring doctors and ensuring appropriate patient care and highest quality care. So I was very much uh, impressed by all of that, in addition to all of the efficiencies that are present within ARA. So, you know, a lot of the navigators and paramedics and nurses here at ARA ensure that we can perform at our best in terms of radiologist efficiency to make sure that we have all the prior imaging of patients, make sure the orders are correct and, you know, all of the images are hung a certain way and uh, things like that. You know, hung, I still say hung because of film days, right? (laughs) But yeah, so, you know, all of that really stood out and was very, made me feel like this was a very positive place. And that's why I chose to come to the practice. Awesome. So then how did you become the chief medical officer of recruitment? The group is acquired in in 2019, I think you said, and what led you to this opportunity? Yeah. So when I joined ARA in the initial few months, I uh, started seeing that there was still much more work to be done and lots of Uh, lots of volume, lots of business to be tapped into, and that we didn't have enough uh, manpower to do so. So um, being so fresh out of fellowship for myself, I kind of took things in my own hands uh, in terms of bringing people in my own network into the practice and trying to kind of coordinate, hey, like, you know, telling them my experience, talking to them about, you know, how it has been uh, in terms of transition for me from training to as a practicing radiologist. And I think I was able to really relate and connect to a lot of candidates and trainees out there because of that and was able to hire a lot of not just breast radiologists, but radiologists for different sections for the group in general. So that's kind of how I got into recruitment. Um, It really kind of was a passion for me to talk to people, bring in people, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And right around the same time is when the transition to the national practice within Radiology Partners happened. And it was about the same time when Radiology Partners also offered this uh, new opportunity for physician leaders. The office of the chief medical officer was created at the time within Radiology Partners. So essentially it is this office or kind of a group of people 
who would serve in different functions. And uh, we all took on different roles as the associate chief medical officers for different functions. So recruitment, there's a ACMO for uh, health policy, there's an ACMO for AI, there's an ACMO for operations. So multiple different functions is what the opportunity opened up for. And it was right around that time when I was also starting to peak within uh, my recruitment kind of tenure, if you will, within ARA. And my group leadership, my practice president, really encouraged and motivated me to apply for this opportunity. And I was honestly a little skeptical initially because I was still very early in my career. And I felt like, you know, this is a very experiential thing. It's also, you know, going into the business and the management world. And for a little bit, I had somewhat of a self-doubt in terms of uh, whether I would be qualified for this position. But I think the aspect of being able to relate to candidates and being able to see kind of really how it is like in the candidate's perspective and in their shoes really proved to be my strength. And the ability to connect to people of not just early career radiologists and, and trainees, but also those that are mid-career and those that are seasoned, and now being able to relate to them because of practicing within radiology for so many years, I was able to connect to different populations and different pools of people. And that's kind of what uh, brought me to this role. Um, and so I you know, went through an interview process and was very happy and delighted and to have the honor to serve in this role from 2021. So it's been, it's been really a tremendous learning opportunity for me, but it's also been a way for me to show and kind of explore some of the skills and abilities and, and talents that I feel like would not have been uh, able to shine through if it's just clinical medicine practice. So truly happy and honored to have this opportunity to serve as the Associate Chief Medical Officer of Recruitment for Radiology Partners. What an excellent story and a reminder to put your hat in the ring. I think too often we think, oh, you know, we're not ready. And so that that's a great story to hear. How do you balance today clinical versus administrative work? Yeah, great question. You know, I also serve as the chief of my breast imaging section here at Austin Radiological Association. So it is a, a balance between, you know, there's a little bit of administrative work and management uh, within that role as well. But I really think they go hand in hand. You know, we're all kind of in the same group, in the same practice, trying to achieve the same thing. So I think it's uh, definitely a team effort and an experience to be able to connect both sides and bring it to one where, you know, my abilities and, and skills within ARA is able to help me within the RP world and vice versa. I do take uh, time. I have dedicated time to do administrative work for radiology partners as the ACMO. Um, and then I also have dedicated time to perform clinical responsibilities, take care of patients, and still continue to do what I really love doing. And that is also one of my passions. So it's a balance. And I think it's continuously evolving as things change. But, you know, I think change is the only inevitable in life. So. So I'll put you on the spot. You have an audience of radiologists. You've been practiced at this now for almost two years. So what, what's the elevator pitch for why a radiologist should come work for Rad Partners? Okay, how much time do I have? <laughs> well, you know, what I tell uh, recruits or candidates or anyone who I'm meeting outside of radiology partners is, you know, truly my experience and what I've learned and what I cherish the most being part of RAD Partners is the ability to have that flexibility and the different options, the wide variety of options that RAD Partners is able to offer given the current scale. 
So with 3000 plus radiologists and with groups and practices all across the country, it's truly a practice that is able to offer the depth of opportunity that really no other practice can offer in the country. And I think that really is what makes radiology partners stand out. I've talked to you already about some of the leadership opportunities that RP brought to me personally at such an early stage in my career. And, uh, you know, really, I feel like I'm one of the examples of they really tend to bring the best out of people and physicians. And I think that's what Radiology Partners is really known for is walking the talk, right? So it's not just the opportunity to have physician uh, leadership and not just the opportunity to have physician leaders being involved in decisions, but it's also being the largest physician owned and operated radiology practice, not just in the country, but in the world. And I think that makes a true tremendous impact when it comes to those decisions of clinical expertise, but also business management and AI and health policy and all of the other functions that we talked about before. I think RAD Partners truly stands out when it comes to that. So, you know, as a radiologist on a day-to-day, -day, you know, many people just want to think about like, how am I going to come into work and go out and what is my day going to be like? And I think Rad Partners has basically anything to offer the way you want to tailor your day. So if you want to stay in and be at home and be a remote radiologist and be in your family and live in Alaska, but read for Texas, you're able to do that in Rad Partners. If you want to come in on a day-to-day -day basis and do procedures all day long, we can make that happen. If you want a hybrid situation and do two days like this and three days like that, and perhaps do a little bit of breast imaging and a little bit of IR, we can make that happen. So there's groups across the country that make it such a versatile experience for any candidate that we're able to kind of match or fit the candidate into the perfect position that they see themselves as. And I think the ideal practice for one candidate is not the same as another. Truly our recruitment team and our operations team strives to make it the best fit for not just the group, but also the candidate. And that's the most important thing is how do I feel like I fit in? And um, I think Rad Partners does a phenomenal job in that. You know, that's kind of some of the day-to-day -day and the daily thing of what it feels like to be a radiologist within RP. Um, in addition to that, there's also several kind of outreach programs that uh, we have done, you know, night outs where we uh, invite candidates and recruits to come and have to share dinner with us and some of our RP leaders and radiologists just to learn more about what RP is about, our culture, our events. We also have several kind of booths and little events set up at conferences like ARRS and RSNA, SBI, so that people can come out and, and speak with us. And of course, our annual event is Transform, which is our fellow leadership summit. We say fellow leadership summit, but we actually invite uh, higher level residents as well to come for a weekend out in Vegas in September to talk about RP, learn more about RP, and um, really get to understand what RP's mission is when it comes to transforming radiology and uh, how they can be a part of it in this you know, very rapidly changing atmosphere. Well, that was a great elevator pitch. And you know, I think flexibility is something that I know is really key for this generation, as well as people in this stage of life coming out of fellowship. My own personal experience, my wife has three kids. Uh, my wife and I both uh, together, right? And so, uh, you know, trying to make everything work is challenging and, and do so in a way where you can practice 
uh, the types of studies that you want to practice in the environment that you want and the location that you want. And so that unparalleled scale, being able to meet the different demands that people have is a true competitive advantage. What are some of the most common misconceptions that you find when you're talking to, you know, especially maybe early career recruits? Yeah, you know, I think one of the main things is um, how it's like to uh, be a part of kind of private equity or kind of this big corporation, if you will. And that's one of the main misconceptions that I've seen. And it is, you know, being a part of it from outside of radiology partners, interviewing with radiology partners, and then becoming a part of radiology partners. I've kind of seen the transition of how I felt personally, mm -hmm. and then how I feel now and how it's been for me. And it's it's really been, been an eye-opening experience in that you know, Radiology Partner serves as kind of a umbrella organization for the local practice. So they're there as a national support. They take care of a lot of the back-end type of things that sometimes may be a burden to local practices, such as billing and coding and, you know, advocacy for health policy, things like that. But if you imagine an advocacy effort coming from such a large pool of radiologists, 3,000 plus radiologists, speaks volumes rather than coming from a small group of 10 or 20 radiologists. So I think that's where the power of scale comes through with RAD partners. And I think that sometimes can be seen as a misconception in, in terms of, well, RP is so big, how am I going to be a part of this? But, you know, like I was saying before, all of the opportunities that are available are very much on a local level but there are opportunities on a national level that you can tap into and still be part of that large change and that transformation of radiology as a whole. The good thing that RAD Partners has going when it comes to a local practice is the local practices are still very, very much governed on a local level. They still have, you know, a board, uh, an executive committee and uh, different leadership within the practice that allows for local governance. And like I said, RP just takes a stance from the national perspective, being able to provide that national level resource and backup for the local groups. So, I mean, that's one of the things that when I explain how it's been from my perspective as a radiologist, kind of coming in, being an associate, and then becoming a partner uh, within ARA and within radiology partners that really, you know, stands out. And that's that's been one of the, the big things. You know, on, on the advocacy side, one of the things that we hear all the time from different radiology leaders that we've had on the show, um, including we had a congresswoman, um, Debbie Wasserman Schultz on the show, who talked about how she was able to pass breast imaging legislation that's now makes mammography paid for. So hugely transformative, but needed strong advocacy to push forward. And we hear all the time that the radiology advocacy groups need to be strong and have solidarity. And so that type of scale, I think is really important for the industry and moving it forward. When you hire, what, what are you looking for in a radiologist? One trend that we see is the rise of the multi-specialty radiologist, even though pretty much everyone in the U.S. is, is fellowship trained, over 85% will read outside their core specialty. Is that typical at RAD Partners or is it more subspecialized? You know, what can you share there? Yeah. And, you know, as I was saying before, a lot of the opportunities within RAD Partners are very locally based, right? So what do our local groups look for and how can we bring the most positive impact to patient care and quality of care through our local groups. So our top priority has always been safety and quality of care for patients. And we always start off with that. So, you know, that's the most important thing when we're looking for a radiologist. Now, in addition to that, we also wanna have the radiologist feel like they are a good fit within the organization itself, both on a local level as well as a national level. 
So when it comes to the community of RP and bringing people together, we want to have radiologists that have a similar mindset in terms of that culture, right? Like believing in equality, believing in inclusivity, making sure, of course, number one, patient care and safety are the top priority, but also being a part of the mission of transforming radiology and how important it is to support the mission of investing in AI, for instance, and being part of that transformational process where we are seeing a lot of changes and being kind of a front runner and ambassador for the rest of the radiology world, if you will. So, you know, that's always been some of the things that we look for in radiologists. The multi-specialty radiologist, yes, it's kind of a lot that comes in waves, right? So sometimes I think many, many years ago, decades ago, there were there were not any fellowships at all. So all radiologists were general radiologists and, you know, as we uh, kind of progressed, people started to choose areas of interest and we're seeing more of that now. But I think just to suit what's happened over the last few years in terms of the pandemic and more people starting to appreciate flexible, remote and hybrid opportunities, I think we're starting to see some changes of that. But it always ebbs and flows. So it's interesting to see how the pendulum swings back and forth. And I think RP is at the forefront of also accepting and being a part of this change. You know, we're never kind of in a stagnant or static place. We're always moving things around and always in flux and always uh, allowing for a dynamic mindset such that we can incorporate these changes within the market as well. Awesome. Switching gears a bit, this month is National Women's History Month. More than 50% of med students are women, but the number of women that go into radiology is around the mid to high 20% range. My own personal experience, sorry, Taylor, I think she's a common talking point on the show, but when she she was at Penn for residency, there were 11 men and one, she was the lone female in her residency program. And that was just a few years ago. So what's going on? Why, why do you think this is? How do we attract more women to the specialty? Yes, I'm so glad you asked. Thank you for the question. Women in radiology has been a very uh, strong passion of mine as well. And, you know, as you can tell, I'm a very strong advocate for women in medicine. Uh, I think you know, I've been trying to read articles and literature, just trying to understand the same question you asked, you know, why is it that so few women choose radiology? Because from my perspective, I feel like radiology is such a flexible, lifestyle friendly opportunity for women. You know, I had both my children during residency, I felt very well supported, still felt like I could do my training, um, and was able to graduate in time and still continue without any breaks in my career. And I feel to this day that it's been a tremendous opportunity for me to pursue this field and particularly breast imaging where I'm still able to have that patient interaction, that contact, have the fulfillment of doing procedures, but also have that bedside manner and the kind of nourishing uh, self. And I think that might be one of the things that comes out in terms of why less or fewer women choose radiology. It's because of that common kind of preconceived notion that radiologists are essentially in a dark room and don't have any patient hmm. interaction and and there's not an opportunity for the kind of nurturing self that some women really strive to uh, want to do as physicians you know and the the other thing is also the concept of this whole spatial and kind of 3d abstract thinking which i think for me, it doesn't come intuitively. So I do have to kind of think about it more, put more effort into transforming this kind of 2D image that I'm seeing on the screen into a person and, you know, trying to visualize how this mass, for example, in a mammogram looks in the breast when I'm seeing the woman. And, you know, it is a little bit of a challenge when it comes to that. So 
there's also been some articles that have been published about how it is more intuitive for uh, males to kind of process mm. that in terms of that kind of spatial thinking. So I think it's a challenge, but I love challenges. And that's kind of why I chose radiology. But I've also learned uh, very much that uh, it is definitely a field that brings me so much fulfillment and satisfaction that I don't feel like I get up and I'm going to work. I feel like I'm getting up and getting paid to do what I love to do. So I really hope to spread the message uh, amongst women. And I really hope that more women can feel the way I do about being able to practice in a field that brings so much fulfillment to life. It's such an interesting topic. It could go on its own podcast. Have they done any surveys as to sort of med students, why they choose what they do? If not, they should, because some of the things that you were hitting on around maybe these perceived notions of what the job is versus the reality. And there's no better job for uh, someone who is trying to balance motherhood and a career where you can flex up and down depending on where you are in your stage of life. Maybe when your kids are young, you want to dial it back and then your kids are on more stable footing and you want to dial it up and you want to be able to work from home sometimes. I mean, it, there's really not very many fields like it for you know balancing being a mother and being a career physician. I wonder, the thing you said about the the spatial awareness had me thinking a little bit about engineering. And I wonder if it's something, because I imagine engineering schools also skew very heavily male. I know that from my own experience studying engineering. And a lot of radiologists studied engineering in, in college. And so maybe there's something too around this. It is more technical and engineering and software. And you just, there's even more early exposure. It's like college getting people into the right majors. Anyway. Such yeah, an important no, problem. So true. I completely agree with all the points you uh, brought up, especially when it comes to being able to flex up and down based on where you are in your life and how you see your career changing as as a parenthood and other responsibilities also come into play. So honestly, I can't think of any other medical specialty where you can actually work from home and yeah. uh, where you can choose to go and do procedures all day long if you want, but really on a day, if you really want to work remotely, you can. So it's it's really, you know, truly amazing how um, flexible and how versatile the specialty is. Yeah, when it comes to the whole kind of spatial learning software, it's been a really interesting topic for me as well. And I've been trying to identify why is it that more women are shying away from that? You know, is it the physics or is it the more kind of abstract conceptual thinking? Or is it just that we don't want to sit around dark rooms and talk about football all day long? I don't know. <laughs> Although Could I've be. started to really enjoy that now. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, clearly a lot of education is required. I think one thing that is an encouraging sign, at least, is overall interest in the field is up considerably. Five years ago when Taylor did the match, it was like 100 spots went unfilled this year. Uh, I think it was the most competitive specialty or, or certainly among the top few. So as you mentioned, cyclical nature of things, uh, radiology is sort of in demand right now as far as specialties go. And maybe with just more volume of people, hopefully right. that will give more opportunities for women. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, you know, just wanted to add something in there, you know, within Rad Partners itself, we also have a belonging committee and, you know, it specifically addresses these issues that we've discussed, you know, in terms of women in medicine, the diversity, the inclusivity. And I think RP does a great job, not just from the local level, but 
really comes from top down where our leadership, our CEO, our president, our chief operating officer, all very truly and passionately believe in having the voices of people that are less well represented out there. And I think this uh, office of the chief medical officer is one of those aspects, but there's also physician leadership across the practice, right? So we have uh, physician leaders that are national subspecialty leads that are making uh, decisions about clinical strategy um, within RP. And there's several hundred physicians that are involved in leadership level within RP that are truly impacting change, especially when it comes to this culture, support, inclusivity, and diversity. So it's a true mission for RP as well. Awesome. So you mentioned one of the reasons that you were drawn to ARA was the investment level in technology and just how advanced the sites were. Tell us a little bit about what's coming. What what are you excited about? You're still very much a, a practicing clinician. You're leading the practice as well. So these are top of mind clinical technology decisions for you. What's coming? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of exciting stuff. And this is the thing with radiology is there's always something new in terms of technological advances that are coming to radiology. And I think AI is definitely one of the things that is in the forefront, not just for breast imaging, but for general radiology, diagnostic radiology overall. I think within ARA, we're starting to look at different service lines that we haven't offered previously, such as contrast-enhanced mammography, um, such as using kind of uh, different AI softwares, piloting some of those to see if they can help enhance the efficiencies of the radiologists. And this is not just within ARA, but I think RP is really taking on a huge role in the being the forefront and the leaders of AI within the kind of the market and the industry right now. So there's uh, several uh, software that we've implemented within RP. You know, we've created some and we're also partnering with groups outside for AI specifically to look at how we can improve radiologists' efficiencies. And it's not just to make radiologists work harder. It's actually to make it easier for the radiologists to work because AI software should be designed such that radiologists are directly contributing to how the software gets developed and how it makes our lives easier to read cases and to make sure we're doing the most accurate and best quality care when we do so. So I think, you know, what's up and coming is how can radiologists be more efficient in what we're currently doing and also improve quality and patient care at the same time. Awesome. Any uh, advice on building a career? I think Two things became clear in this conversation, for me at least. One is that you've had a, a blossoming career, but two is how much you enjoy your career, that the passion really shines through. So what advice do you have for early radiologists just getting started? Yeah, I mean, I absolutely love what I do. And yes, thank you for reiterating that. I mean, for me, I love it so much that I actually changed the color of my car to pink for breast cancer awareness. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's been truly phenomenal for me, life-changing in many ways. Um, and, you know, I think the main thing I would say to uh, people that are just coming out of medical school or even residency is to have an open mind, right? So if you go in uh, kind of with a preconceived notion of anything, you're more likely biased in a negative sense to not accept that or not see some of the positives. So whatever the case may be, I think, you know, just to have an open mind, ready to explore and ready to kind of take on whatever information you can get and just really be a sponge and soak up as much information as you possibly can. 
and uh, make an informed decision after that. You know, do I like academics better? Hey, that's great. I mean, we definitely need a lot of faculty. We need people to teach and to grow the next round of radiologists. Or do you like private practice? Do you like being a part of a large organization and have opportunities for leadership and be part of committees and, you know, still practice high quality radiology? RP is the place for you. So, you know, there's very different uh, opportunities and uh, very differing opportunities that you can really pursue in your career and really tailor the way you want to practice in the future, just as long as you're open to opportunities. Uh, the one other thing that I also get from trainees is kind of the sense of the fear of the unknown, right? Like, what am I really walking into? What does it actually mean to be a radiologist in the current climate and the atmosphere? And sometimes it's hard to know because you really haven't lived in those shoes. So it's okay to try some things out and it's okay to come out and just say, I want to try this job and I want to see if this is going to work out and maybe take on positions as independent contractors perhaps and test the waters before you know you commit. And there's nothing wrong with that. So I think there's plenty of opportunity out there. If there's any interest in RP opportunities. We have a mentorship program that we help support trainees and residents and fellows where we connect them with an RP radiologist and, you know, help them be a guide to throughout their career and their early interviewing process as well. So I'm happy to share more about that if anyone's interested. Dr. Saravan, and thank you so much. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Radiology Report podcast. Be sure to visit us at the radiologyreportpodcast.com or subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts to join us for our next episode. We are always looking for great guests. If you have someone you'd like to hear on the show, please get in touch with us online.